I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Baseball season is finally here. Ball back in the deep right center field. Lorenzo King. Got it! It's the wall! Two in the game! And we've got you covered with the best in the business. Deep down the left field line. It's gone! Manny Machado breaks it open with a three-run shot. With veteran play-by-play voice Josh Lewin. A slam! Ball game! And MLB insider John Heyman. His numbers would look so much better if there weren't guys compiling 600 home runs. Each week will feature a comprehensive look at Major League Baseball, the biggest stories, and a breakdown of the divisions leading up to the 2019 championship race. And Harper to center. Way back. See you later. It's all right here on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Radio.com Sports presenting Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class alongside highly respected baseball insider John Heyman. I am merely Josh Lewin. Uh, Now doing Red Sox games part-time. A little something in San Diego coming up for me. I'm basically Edwin Jackson. I've been everywhere. John has been covering Major League Baseball for the past four decades. He started on the Yankees beat with Newsday. Now an insider for MLB Network and the score in Chicago and the legendary WFAN in New York. Here's what this is. Every week, we'll bring you insight into the top storylines across Major League Baseball, including a rundown of the happenings in each division. We'll go division by division for you. Every episode is going to include a chat with Radio.com Sports Insiders Joe Girardi and Bob Nightingale. You'll hear from them very, very shortly. And anytime, anywhere, 
Listen to over 300 stations, over 1,100 podcasts. You guys probably know the drill by now. You can explore by location or genre to find music and news and sports from wherever you are. So now that we've got all that out of the way and set our credentials, John and I will be talking Northwestern football and basketball for the next 40 minutes. Hi, John. (laughs) Josh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for that introduction. Boy, four decades, that sounds like a lot of time. But other than that, thank you very much. It's going to be a blast. Well, we just wanted to qualify that you're old. And uh, and we tried (laughs) for Musburger, by the way. We, we, you know, Musburger would have been a better Northwestern pick than either of us. But let's confirm. I am old. We will be not talking about Northwestern football, but uh, it would oh. maybe off the air we will talk about that. I had all this John Troutwine and Mark Loretta stuff ready to go, <laughs> but I did want to start by asking you about free agency of all things, because I know the season obviously is already running, but there are still some dudes out there, which is just kind of silly. Uh, why is that, and where are they going to go? Well, two huge ones still out there, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. And uh, those are the big names still left. We had a lot of names left uh, a month ago. A lot of great names went into March. But uh, to go into April, uh, that's a little bit unusual. Let's hope they don't go into May. Obviously, the the main reason is that they haven't heard the magic words yet. They have not gotten what uh, they were looking for. So uh, Dallas Keuchel, an excellent starting pitcher uh, who's had an ERA under three, three times. One is Cy Young, and Craig Kimbrell, who's on a Hall of Fame track, still out there. So uh, these are two big stories that are kind of hovering. We really haven't heard uh, of any major connections lately, but uh, we know that uh, Keuchel has been connected to the Phillies, who are already way improved, as we know. Uh, The Astros, his old team, and the Padres, who are also very improved this year. And Kimbrell has been connected to the Brewers, who's lo- who've lost some, uh, not many games, but they've lost some uh, relief pitchers. Knable is out for the year, and uh, Jeffers is out right now. So uh, they are a possibility for Kimbrell, as are the Phillies. Again, the Phillies are doing a lot this winter, and they're continuing to monitor things. Um, I think that NL East is something to look at for Kimbrell. Could still see the Braves. The Nats um, and the Mets are kind of talking about both guys a little bit, at least monitoring the situation. Uh, Twins have been connected to Kimbrell, and I'm sure the Cubs fans would love to hear that the Cubs have been connected to Kimbrell with the difficulties they're having already in that bullpen. As of now, we think the Cubs want to stay below that uh, salary uh, threshold, and so I think they're probably a long shot for Kimbrell. Not to get all labor relationsy on you here, but is this a concern that two high-quality guys like that are, are still out there basically panhandling right now, or is that just an agent kind of playing chicken with the market? Yeah, I think the whole winter has been a concern. Obviously, Machado, $300 million, Harper, $330 million did great, but they didn't have the number of teams pursuing them that you might think, considering they're two of, at least in my estimation, two of the top 10 players in Major League Baseball. Uh, we had a lot of guys who were kind of, what you say, in the middle, good players, really good players who did not get big deals. Obviously, Mike Moustakas settled for a one-year deal again. Nick Markakis, who had five hits in his last game, he settled for a one-year deal, uh, $6 million guaranteed for him. I mean, there were several guys who got huge deals. Uh, Corbin, $140 million. More than we expected. Evaldi, $68 million, a guy who had two Tommy Johns but had a big World Series. Uh, McCutcheon got $50 million. So some guys did great, but uh, there were a lot of guys who are really good players who had to settle for one-year deals. And there are two guys, one guy who's a great player in Kimbrell and the other who's pretty near great in Keuchel, uh, still out there. And that is quite unusual. Last year we had guys sign in March uh, 
Arietta, March 12th, but we didn't have April signings for stars, and that this is a very odd thing that's happening, and uh, obviously the union is monitoring. Uh, they're not thrilled right now, and it's something to look for uh, three years from now. Let me take you as long as we're on this pre-agent track here. The two big names, obviously, were Machado and Harper, and they both signed late. Let me go Machado with you first, and what a difference maker he can be. Already, he's uh, certainly rankled some people. That didn't take <laughs> long. Uh, there, there was a dust-up that, that seemed to get everybody out of whack in, in San Diego in a game against the Diamondbacks. Is that the kind of thing that is a smudge on his record? I mean, he's got this kind of rep now as a guy. It's not like he's a malcontent, but there are some things that seem to stick to this guy. What do you think of that contract, and, and what's the effect of Machado in baseball this year? Yeah, I, I, the contract is about what I expected. In fact, when I did my predictions, I had him at $300 million for 10 years, so it's exactly what I expected. So Boom, not baby. a surprise there. I got that one one right uh not that many were right but that one i did get right and harper at 330 i got right also um i had 11 years for that one though but uh, you know the padres i give them credit they're trying to win they're trying to move up their timetable by a year uh, they're one of the more exciting teams this year now adding machado and bringing up tatis not worrying about that manipulation of the service time so give san diego a gold star i, I you know machado is a very nice fellow to talk to him uh, on the field, occasionally he does something a little quirky, maybe a little something that the opponent doesn't love. We saw that certainly in October uh, when he inexplicably kicked Jesus Aguilar with the Brewers. That did not look like a good move. The one that we just saw here with the Diamondbacks, I mean, he laid the bat down. I, you know, it could go either way. It's hard to get inside a guy's mind. Well, if it's anybody I, else, it's probably not a big deal, right? But it's almost like, to me, I mean, it's like Odell Beckham in football. I mean, you know, if that guy does it, then everybody goes crazy if it was somebody else nobody even notices yeah I for me I wouldn't go crazy on this one I I, I think you would have to be guessing to think that he was up to no good there I, I the umpire did call interference he maybe did get in the way but he certainly wasn't trying to injure anybody in this case he wasn't no. uh, doing anything of that ilk so you know I wouldn't go crazy you know I understand the Diamondbacks the announcer Brenly got a little upset but uh, you know I don't think this should be added to his ledger of bad deeds I didn't see it that way at all all right so that's Machado let me ask you about a Harper. And since you just used the, the word crazy, uh, crazy money is what the Phillies said they were going to throw around. And they did it. Uh, and even before Harper got there, I, I don't think that this should go unnoticed. I mean, they had Real Muto. They had Segura. And with Harper, that's three all-stars that they bring in. Steinbrenner's Yankees never did that, believe it or not. Add three all-stars from the, the year before to, to what they're doing going forward. So Harper got the, well, I don't I don't even know if you can say it's crazy money. He got the money you perfectly predicted. What's Bryce Harper mean to the market? What does Bryce Harper mean to Philly? He means a lot uh, to Philly. You know, I think that m- amount of money was fairly predictable. That was about what you would expect him to get a little bit more than Machado. I think there's a more of a marketing element to Harper. Uh, he's not the best player in the game, obviously. We know Mike Trout's the best player in the game you know I do think he's certainly in the top 15 in terms of marketing he's probably number one I mean he's a guy who's out there he's mixing it up he was at the 76ers game already waving to the fans he's bowing and you know there's a, a marketing aspect to this and I, I think he and his agent Scott Boris sold teams on this and teams were like in many cases well it's not quantifiable how much that's worth. But, you know, they quantify everything in, in baseball, so why not quantify that? And I, th- I think I saw that it, he's already made them $12 million or $15 million or something. You know, obviously that's not going to continue at that rate for the next 13 years, but, you know, he certainly added interest. That's a sports-crazy town. I think it's a great fit for him. He is really into it. 
Obviously, he signed up for 13 years. He didn't take an opt-out. I know people were saying, of course, he wanted an opt-out. It, it doesn't really appear that that was something that was really on his agenda. I mean, if they wanted to throw it his way, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have an opt-out, but not something he asked for because he was looking for the long-term deal, and he was looking, obviously, for the money. Let's be realistic about it. But it looks like a great fit. Obviously, it's 13 years. Their fans have a tendency to get on people when they're not doing so great. So uh, we're going to... Oh, is that right? We're going to imagine. We're going to imagine there might be a few ups and downs over the 13 years. But so far, first week, just ups. He's been fantastic. I think he leads the league in hitting right now. I don't think that will continue forever. He's, I think, hitting almost exactly double what he hit last year. He's hitting 500, I believe. Uh, or close to it, and uh, you know, I, there are going to be some ups and downs, but uh, I think it's a great fit for, for him and for the team. The documentary about everyone hating Christian Leitner, remember that? The, I think the baseball version yes. of that years from now could be about Harper. And he's John <laughs> Heyman, I'm Josh Lewin, and we're off to, uh, I was going to say a rollicking start, but that, this is not 1953. We're off to a great start, and Joe Girardi will join us in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, this is Big Time Baseball, Radio.com Sports. He's a four-time World Series champion, including his latest as the Yankees manager in 2009. And here comes Joe Girardi. It's Joe Girardi on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball, brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class with John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. Time to bring in the former manager of the Yankees and Marlins, now a valued member of the Radio.com Sports team, another Northwestern guy, Joe Girardi. We've got a minion of Wildcats here all of a sudden. Joe, great to talk to you, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, Josh. How are you? Good. We're, we're talking about all things baseball, obviously. We just did a little Bryce Harper talk, and I'd be interested from your managerial chair that you occupied very recently. How different is it managing expectations when you're managing not just a star player, but like a supernova, like a guy like Bryce Harper? It can be different at times. You know, I think he's in the prime of his career, and I think he's going to put up really, really good numbers. So I think he's probably going to be somewhat easy to manage. It's communication, making sure he gets a day off when he needs a day off. Um, it looks like he's found a pretty good home, and I know it's only a week, and I don't want to make too much of it, but I, I see adjustments in his swing from last year. It looks like he's quieter at home plate. His head is not moving as much, and uh, he looks like he's prepared to do a lot of damage. Hey, Joe, uh, John Heyman here. I want to bring you to the American League right now, a league that you're quite familiar with. Of course, you imagine the National League for a year, too. But American League is off to a crazy, crazy start. Um, Seattle, 7-1, and one, best start ever. Baltimore has a winning record. Uh, Minnesota topped the division. Uh, but most noticeably, I think, to me, are all the teams we expected to win the divisions and be in the playoffs off to rather mediocre to bad starts, including Boston in last place. You've got Houston with a losing record. Uh, you've got Cleveland, just 500. And you've got, of course, your old Yankee team, three and four. That doesn't sound so terrible, but they started with the Orioles and the, the, the Tigers. And uh, that three and four, with all their injuries and everything else, feels like about a, a one and six at this point. What surprised you the most so far from what you've seen? And do you think... Any of these surprise teams, these teams that are down, are going to stay down? Or any of these teams that are up could actually surprise us? Could Seattle or Baltimore or Detroit surprise us, too? I think as far as those three teams staying down, I do not believe they will stay down. Now, the one thing that could derail that is if there's injuries that go on that take place the whole time. You look at the Yankees, they're missing basically five starters in their lineup. 
that would be everyday players in a sense. They're missing a couple starters, and I'm and you could even include a Jordan Montgomery in that and say three starters. And Dellen Batanza's an eighth-inning guy. So they're missing an awful lot. So at times they might struggle a little bit offensively. I think there's still enough firepower there to score runs like they did yesterday and hit the ball the ballpark, and I think they'll be able to stay afloat until they get everyone back. When I look at Houston, they haven't hit either. And I look at that lineup, and, I, and there's some guys that had abbreviated spring trainings for injury reasons. You look at Altuve's, his was slow. Bregman's was slow. Correa's was really good, and then he got hurt right at the end of spring training. So I'm not too concerned about them and their bullpen has been outstanding and I and I think they have you know starting pitching so I'm not too concerned the Red Sox might be my biggest concern and I, and I said it all along and it's not because of how they prepared their pitchers for spring training because I don't have a problem with that I think it's actually smart I think Alex Cora does a really good job and we did it a lot with the Yankees where it doesn't look like they've thrown a lot of innings but they're throwing controlled innings on the backfield where it's 17 pitches or you want to put them in the stretch one day and they don't get overly taxed let's say they only threw 12 innings in spring training I guarantee you they threw a lot more my concern is what that extra month did to that club last year and what it did to their starting pitching. And is there going to be a fatigue factor during the course of the season? And that's still my biggest concern. Let me go right to Joe, whose managerial credentials you probably already know. I mean, the guy's almost got a 1,000 regular season wins, and he's a World Series champion in 09. But that kind of dovetails into what I'm curious about. You guys went from 103 wins in 09 with the Yankees to 95 you went from a first-place finish to a second-place finish. And I, I, I'm just curious about the expectations. I mean, everybody talks about that hangover effect. You only lost eight games from, from the year before, and somehow, you know, history says that's some sort of weird failure, you know, to drop from 103 to, oh, no, 95 wins. Is there a mental tax as well as a physical fatigue that you pay when you come back and, and try to do it all again, scale Mount Everest all over again? Well, I think there can be because, A, you play that extra month, so you get less rest, and you have to wrap up your workouts earlier you know, than after your last game than you normally would. Number two, you're pulled a lot of different directions you know, for appearances. People want a piece of you, commercials. And it can physically wear you down a little bit. And the other thing that I've seen from the Red Sox, which is really uncharacteristic, is base running blunders, communication in the outfield. That That is, is not the Boston Red Sox, and I really believe that will get corrected. But, yes, I think it can wear on you mentally. And it doesn't help them either that you got an 11-day road trip on the West Coast to start. I, I, that doesn't seem quite fair to me, you know, for an East Coast team to have to do that. But eventually they're going to get all their games at home. But I, I believe there can be a little hangover effect because of all the directions that you're pulled. Hey, Joe, uh, you mentioned that you've been impressed by Cora and who hasn't. And obviously your managerial credentials are really impeccable. Uh, even your last season was excellent with the Yankees. You're manager of the year in, in Miami. You're one year there. Um, obviously, uh, Francona is one of the top managers in the game. I like A.J. Hinch. Who Who's the guy that you managed against? Uh, you know, obviously, you've managed against almost all these guys at some point. Who's the guy that we don't talk about that uh, doesn't get the accolades that you think is really an excellent under-the-radar type manager that you really appreciate? Well, I, I thought Buck Showalter did a great job, you know, turning that organization around and, and being extremely relevant in a thorn in, in a lot of the East side for a long, long time. I think he was one of the best managers by far. And I look at the job that Mike Sosha did. I thought he did an excellent job. I mean, they haven't had pitching for how many years is the bottom line. They just haven't had the pitching. But 
Badgers, you know, I look at the job that Kevin Cash is doing. I mean, he's doing a really good job because he's taking a lot of players that don't necessarily have the big names, but getting the most out of them and helping them produce wins for that organization. And if you look at their numbers, they don't score a ton of runs. They pitch extremely well, but I think he does a really, really good job. Joe Girardi visiting with us. Class Act will do it again. Thank you, buddy. Be safe. Be well. Appreciate your time. All right, you Northwestern Wildcats. Have a good day. <laughs> Go Cats. Go you Northwestern. Joe Girardi with us. Bob Nightingale coming up. This is baseball talk that you're going to like all year long. Big time baseball, radio.com sports. Let's take a look around the game with one of our veteran baseball scribes. It's Bob Nightingale Hi, Bob. on radio.com sports, big time baseball. Radio.com sports presents big time baseball brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class with John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. We're bringing in Bob Nightingale who's joined radio.com sports. God, we're all so old. He also covers the game as a column of course for USA Today. Bob, we want to bring you in to talk National League. And if you don't mind, let me just kind of uh, throw it out to you. Let's pollinate the air with what you think is going to happen in the National League this year. Well, I mean, we can uh, already put the Dodgers in the playoffs. No one's going to touch the Dodgers in the uh, NL West. They're just uh, <laughs> too deep and talented. I mean, all this talk about Kershaw, really, you don't even need Kershaw until mid-September. That deep and, and loaded. Uh, you know, the Rockies will challenge. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a weak division. So I, I like the Rockies uh, as a wild card team just because of schedule. NL Central stats. I picked the Cubs. I just thought a lot went wrong for them last year. And they still won 95 games. Right now, a ton's going wrong with them, particularly the bullpen. It'll be interesting to see what they do about that. And, uh, you know, if they have to trade some pieces to get some bullpen help. You know, Milwaukee looks good as ever. And, you know, now they got a hater as a closer. And, you know, obviously he's the, he has to be the best closer in, in all of baseball with the stuff he has. In the East, I think it's the most fascinating division of baseball. You know, you get the four teams outside the Marlins, uh, almost flip a coin. You know, I was in Philadelphia for that opening series, and that, that vibe there, that atmosphere, you know, reminds you, you know, of back in the glory days when they're winning year after year. Hey, Bob, John Heyman here. I, I think they've gone pretty much according to form at this point. In fact, if you just took a snapshot of it, I, my predictions are pretty close. I had Philly... Mets, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and the Dodgers. I think yours were fairly close to that as well. But of the other teams, who could surprise there? I mean, some people like San Diego, that they got obviously added Machado and Tatis. Pittsburgh has some pitching. Cincinnati, I love the fact that they're trying, and they added Kemp and Puig and and did some stuff. I mean, I think the NL East, I kind of think we kind of know who's good and who's not good there. But what what would you say would be could be a potential surprise team in the National League? I think maybe uh, Colorado, John, just because of schedule. I, I think San Diego is still a year away just with that pitching. You know, I mean, they, they still get crushed with, with that rotation. Uh, they're still a, a ways back there. And so, you know, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks are, re, are rebuilding. Uh, the Giants are, you know, semi-rebuilding. So I think the Rockets can take advantage uh, of that schedule. In the Central, you know, St. Louis, they missed the playoffs not three years in a row. So they got that young pitching. You know, I'm just disappointed with Cincinnati. I, I think they're batting up at John for the first uh, six, seven games here is 69 I think it's the lowest in baseball it's history not good. after six or seven games. That's a bingo number. You can't have that. <laughs> I, I saw that uh, other than Puig, their outfielders, other outfielders started out 0 for 35. So, yeah, that is suboptimal. Uh, let's talk about that East for just a little bit more, if you don't mind, because, and you mentioned it, I mean, there's a lot of horses in that race. So you take Miami out of there, but do the other four teams kind of cannibalize each other? Uh, it, does it make sense to you if one team is able to go? Let, let's say, for example, Philly this year 
goes and wins two out of three that they play against the Mets and two out of three that they play against the Braves. That basically swings the whole division. I think the payroll is around you know, mid-140s, so uh, John Milton's already shown that you know, he's in it to win right now. So they want to go get some help at the deadline. You know, they'll go do so. I think they'll, you know, they're the most aggressive team this winter. I think they're the most aggressive team this summer as well uh, to go get some help. I mean, that's an electric vibe right now going on there. Atlanta, I kind of worry about. It just seems, uh, yeah, I know they just swept the Cubs. Uh, but, you know, it seems like so much went right for them last year. But, you know, let's see if that continues. And I'm with John on the Mets. I'm always, uh, you know, big on the Mets. It can't let me down to here. But if they get any offense at all with the rest of the rotation, you know, watch out. And at least, as you mentioned, Josh, is that the uh, they're going to just knock each other's heads off. You know, it's possible to win that division with under 90 wins. Bob, you're not the only one who's been let down by the Mets. We have a couple of boroughs here who feel the same way. I want to pay tribute to Josh. We kind of brushed right past that, that 069 big O number. That was absolutely brilliant, Josh. I don't know where you came up with that. But uh, for the Cincinnati, well, I play a lot of bingo, John. Apparently, I mean, uh, you're the youngest on this whole panel, and I wouldn't think you're the bingo player. But I I give you credit for the 069 on the Cincinnati Reds uh, lineup and the bingo. Bob, you know what I want to ask you, and I I wanted to ask you ever since the GM meetings. And obviously, you know, we're both on Twitter, we're both out there, we're both reporting. Some things don't turn out exactly as we predict. But back at the GM meetings in San Diego. And I know that's one of your old haunts. You said right away that Harper was going to be a Philly. I mean, obviously not every team could get him, but it was, you know, there's basically 20 teams that could have gotten Harper. I mean, I don't think you want to give away any state secrets here, but how did you know back in early November that Harper was going to be a Philly? <laughs> Lucky guess. You know, at the time, remember, he had turned down that $300 million for Nationals. So I thought, okay, if the Nationals are out, you know, it turns out that was, you know, their best offer. Uh, you know, what our team is going to be most aggressive. And, you know, with, with John Milton saying how much he wanted to spend and how much they wanted to win, Philly seemed the logical choice. The only big question was, does, you know, Bryce Harper really want to go to Philadelphia? Uh, obviously, the Dodgers had stepped up an offer that was close. I think it would end up there. Uh, I'm not sure about the Giants. I think they would have had to go much more. But just the Phillies, it was like no one's going to outbid us. And, John, you've been in Philadelphia a lot, too. Same with you, Josh. I think it's a fun place to play. I love that city. I agree. Uh, of all the places I travel mm-hmm. to, that's one of my top five downtowns in America. Love that place. So I, I just thought that, hey, they're serious about this thing. They, they want one of the two guys. And as John Milton you know, said later after he signed Harper, he says, you know, we were kind of leaning for Machado. But our fans wanted Harper so much. You know, we pivoted and went straight to Harper. And tell you what, he's going to pay for his own salary to get sales and merchandise that's going on there with his name. Good stuff with Bob Nightingale. We'll talk to him again in future episodes. Thank you, buddy. Be well. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, John. All right. And this is Radio.com Sports presenting Big Time Baseball. It's brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. We'll be back to wrap up. We've got our thoughts about what's big this week coming up, so don't go away. In the air to right center field. To the second deck for Bryce Harper. What's coming up across the game this week? Josh Lewin and John Heyman go around the diamond on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball.
He's John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. It's Big Time Baseball, presented by Radio.com Sports. And let's take a look real quick here, John, just kind of going around the standings board. And obviously, I don't know when everybody's listening to this. We don't want to make it too specific because you might be listening to this on a Saturday. You might be listening to this on a Tuesday. It's a beauty of podcasts. But as we sit here right now, the American League is this jumbled jambalaya of nonsense. You've got Tampa Bay on top in the AL East. Minnesota and Detroit are the class of the Central. Seattle is running away with the West, with the Rangers actually now closing in, in hot pursuit. So what, what do we make of this? <laughs> and the Orioles with a winning record. I, I, what I make of it is I got it all wrong at this point. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought it was going to be obvious which teams were the playoff teams, and obviously we are early, so they may still be. But it looked to me on paper like Boston and the Yankees were – Clearly the class of the AL East that hasn't shown so far. I thought that uh, in the West, uh, Houston was the obvious winner. So that has not shown so far. Uh, the Central, I did kind of like Minnesota. Uh, they're 4-1 so far. Uh, so that's uh, pretty good. But Cleveland has not played up to snuff to this point. But uh, it's really shocking to see Seattle, the way they have played to start out 7-1. and one, uh, Incredible. Amazing. I thought they were kind of almost disbanding. I think what they call it, a reset or something like that it was they got uh, cute with I, the semantics but let's yeah, call it what it, it is yeah they made it sound I mean, so they're, they're... good but you know what uh, you know they may have undersold it because they they've been fantastic hitting home runs in almost every game uh, stealing bases they do have speed they brought in uh, malik smith uh, obviously they had d gordon so they have some guys who can run but uh, to me uh, it's been a shocking start uh, to the American League, uh, basically from top to bottom in every division. Well, they, they got no bullpen, they got no defense, yet they, you know, at this juncture <laughs> anyway, they've got the best record in the American League. Who's uh, who's Wofford out of this whole group? Who who's the team that it's like, you know what, they were that good all along, we just didn't didn't really look at it that way. Is it Seattle or is there, is there somebody else that we're not even thinking Man, of? Man, I'm still not a believer in Seattle. Uh, Baltimore, obviously, they're not going to stay up there. Uh, Detroit, I mean, they have not hit at all. I think they have a 255 slugging average through eight games and still a 5-3 and three yeah. record. So I'll be shocked if any of these teams, I mean, the team that I overlook every year and outperforms at least my predictions is Tampa, and they're off to another good start. You know, maybe it's just they don't get the publicity. We don't look at them in, enough, although you know, obviously the, they see the Yankees a lot. I should see them and understand that they're pretty good. They know how to develop pitchers. Uh, they certainly improved this winter. And, uh, you know, obviously it's only a few games so far. We shouldn't make big judgments, but it's a carryover from last year. And you know what? As uh, Joe Girardi said, Kevin Cash, very good manager as well. Well-run organization, top to bottom. And, uh, you know, maybe it's me overlooking them, but uh, they're better than at least I thought. What about Oakland? And and Ramon Laureano, I just got an up-close look at because I went in there with the Red Sox. Fascinating player. Just threw out three guys in four games, and I couldn't believe the Red Sox kept testing him because it's like, child, please. Yeah, I'm going to throw you out. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's leading the league in strikeouts, but you can't take your eyes off him. This is a fascinating player, and Bob Melvin, I think, is doing a great job with that team. He's a terrific manager, no question about that. Uh, manager of the year last year, a fantastic job that he does year in and year out. Uh, Loriano, that arm may be the best outfield arm ever. It is a sight to behold. They have some real superlatives. I mean, they have Chapman at third base. He may be the best defensive player overall in baseball. Loriano, as you mentioned, Chris Davis may be the most consistent slugger in baseball. Uh, you know, I mean, they're famous for putting together some threatening teams or decent teams, contending teams. 
on a shoestring. I mean, they wrote the book, literally, Moneyball, and uh, they did it last year. They surprised us, except for the hiccup out in Japan, uh, starting against the Red Hot Mariners. Uh, they have been fantastic and certainly were extremely impressive against the Red Sox. You wouldn't think that that rotation that's just pieced together every year would be able to do it, but uh, uh, they are one team that's able to do it with a piecemeal rotation and uh, a good bullpen and uh, some great young players. And, uh, you know, that, I'm glad you brought them up because that's another team that I overlook every year and outperforms at least half the time. Let me zip you over to the National League where obviously the Phillies are off to a great start. The Mets off to a nice start, although got to ask you about the the wisdom of the league letting the Mets play a nighttime game before they've got to get on a plane, go home for their home opener. They got clobbered at home in their home opener, just sleepwalking through it. I'm sure you've heard this story, seen this story all over with very creative headlines in New York, as you can only imagine. The drug testing, I know it's random, but they made the the Mets stay after that night game in Miami before they got back on the plane to go home to New York. Why, why can't they just figure out that, okay, you know what, if you're trying to roll out this really exciting team in a huge market like New York and it's opening day with pomp and circumstance, maybe a team full of, uh, of zombies is not the best way to go at that. Yeah, I, they probably should have started that game at uh, 4 o'clock in, instead of 1 o'clock. I know it would have been a little unusual. I mean, I guess they wanted to ensure they were going to have a sellout, but I think they do in New York anyway. Way. So uh, I think that was a bit of an error. Um, you know, the home team uh, has some say there, and uh, they could have put some pressure on to make that the four o'clock start, or basically just said, "Let's do it four o'clock." In retrospect, or, or have the Marlins have have their game? I mean, what, why can't the Marlins well, that's up go? To the Marlins. So the Marlins are going to do what they want to do, and you know how bad they draw with the Marlins. And I was at that game. There was about you know ten people there to see Degrom for an incredible <laughs> game. They can't have games in the afternoon. They may have nobody show up there. I might be the only one, you know. So uh, they have to do night games in Miami to make the best of it. You know, I think it's kind of up to the Mets at that point. So I think the Mets needed to make that a 4 o'clock start. You know, they got a little bit of bad luck with the uh, test there. I don't blame Dom Smith. These things happen. It's physiological. If, uh, if, they, if they lose the pennant <laughs> because of Dom Smith's bladder... You know, I mean, no, it's just, it's, <laughs> as we just kind of quickly look around the rest of the National League here, John, and, and uh, I don't want to get too bogged down in the matchups that, that just were. Let's look at what's coming up here. Anything strike you this weekend, uh, this coming week? Uh, what what looks good to you on, on the menu here? Yeah, big rivalries, I think, in the National League. Uh, I think it's playing to form so far, but it's going to be interesting to see because I, I think some people have some expectations for the Cubs, and rightly so. The Cubs and the Brewers... Uh, they fought till the very end, till day one, game 162 last year. So uh, the Cubs-Brewers matchup, something to keep an eye on. And the Rockies uh, on national TV, uh, Rockies-Dodgers. I think people feel that the Rockies are the potential threat to the Dodgers in that division. I do think LA's the favorite, but the Rockies have good pitching. So those are the two matchups I'm looking at this weekend. And during the week, we've got some good matchups as well. But uh, this weekend, those are the two matchups. And certainly... Uh, when you look at what's coming up over the the weekend into next week, I guess next week you've got another Washington Philly. This time it's yep. the Nationals going to Philadelphia. What an incredible piece of theater that was flipped around with Bryce Harper going to Washington. I mean, that just worth the price of admission in every way. You'll have the Yankees in Houston playing in the American League. And how can you not watch that? Because it's two teams that are expected to be right there that are just not there quite yet. And 
One that, that I'm watching literally doing the work for the Red Sox here is J.D. Martinez coming back to Phoenix this weekend. And uh, Boston obviously off to a poor start. Arizona without Paul Goldschmidt trying to figure out what they've got. They bring Adam Jones into the mix. And I think this is still an interesting team to watch. The Diamondbacks trying to do that uh, step back thing, the, the, the reconfiguring, reconnoitering. Everybody's trying to not say tanking. But on that subject, real quick, John, I'm, I'm looking around in the in the National League at some of these teams that, you, you know, you, you thought might be a little bit too unripe, but that, that now you say, you know what, if you squint real hard, maybe. I mean, like a Cincinnati, for example, because they bring in Puig, and now they've got some pitching. I know they're off to a bad start, but who in the National League are we not looking at quite yet? Um, well, I mean, I do think Colorado will be a threat eventually. Um, you know, I think uh, Pittsburgh's pitching is pretty good, so they could be a threat. And the Reds, as you mentioned, uh, with Puig and Kemp, they should be interesting. They have not hit yet. But the National League is playing to form right now. I mean, if you stopped it now, my, my predictions, which is rare, look pretty good. I thought Philly <laughs> would be on top, the Mets wild card. Uh, you know, Atlanta, they didn't do much in the winter. I'm a little concerned about them, but they certainly are a threat. And uh, Washington, obviously, they have a good team as well. Uh, Milwaukee, I like them in the in the central. Um, and if they add Kimbrell, I like them even more. Dodgers, I think they're a clear favorite in the West. Uh, as we said, the Rockies are a threat. But, uh, you know, in terms of the matchups, uh, Milwaukee and the Dodgers should be a good one this week as well. The ones you mentioned, definitely. Uh, I want to see what the Yankees can do against a better team. They did not do well against the Orioles or the Tigers, but now we've, they've got the Astros. Uh, I mean, it's a potential for the Yankees to fall further back with their injuries. Uh, should be quite interesting in the AL East, the way things have started out. you got a Dodgers-Cardinals matchup coming up as well, and, and St. Louis a very intriguing team too, right? Because as we talk about Arizona tearing down, St. Louis kind of picked up some of those bricks, starting with Goldschmidt. Are the Cardinals a team? I, I know you love Milwaukee, and I do too, but what about the Cardinals this year? Well, they have very good young pitching, and once uh, Martinez and uh, Reyes are at full strength and maybe can join the rotation, uh, they look like they could be a threat. Uh, Michaelis was fantastic last year. Flaherty, I think, is a a top-of-the-rotation guy. Uh, If you've got all of their good young pitchers together, uh, their pitching may dominate. I I think they needed to get Goldschmidt to, to bring their offense up to a a, a decent level, but I mean, Azuna's had some injuries. You know, they, their lineup isn't as deep as it's been at times. I think um, uh, Wong is off to a big start. So if they get Wong going, you've got Carpenter in there. If Ozuna's gotten healthy, Bader is a nice player, and Goldschmidt. Uh, I think that offense could be good enough with that rotation once it's at full strength. But uh, right now, not quite at full strength. They're waiting for on Martinez to get back, waiting for Reyes to. Um, really air it out and stretch himself out to be in that rotation. Uh, Potentially, by the end of the year, that could be a fantastic rotation. And they're certainly a threat. But I I do like Milwaukee. I think that Milwaukee lineup is absolutely fantastic. I think best in the league. So I I do think the Brewers should win that division. He's John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin on Big Time Baseball, presented by Radio.com Sports. So before we get out of here, and we'll tweak this every couple of shows, John, but Right now, if you had to freeze frame this thing, the the ultimate prediction becomes who are we going to see in October? Let's not dance around this thing. And I know a million things could change, which is why we'll go back and keep tweaking it. But right now, right freaking now, who's in the World Series? (laughs) I like the way you put that. I, I don't change my predictions until I'm eliminated. So I, you know, I, I picked oh. the Dodgers. The 15 out of the last 16 years, I've been wrong so far consistently. 
and went with them Good again job. to win it. So I have L.A. over Houston as World Series. And I'm, I'm not going to change that week to week. I mean, I, obviously, if one of the teams is 10-30, and 30, I, I might have to rethink it. But, uh, uh, you know, based on uh, the first week of games or so, I'm, I'm sticking with my Dodgers over Houston. I went Boston-Philly and, and did that even before I, I picked up Pretty the Red good. Sox game. So please don't well, call I mean, me a homer. Well, the Philly part uh, is good. I like that. Uh, well, so far. I think Joe Girardi had an interesting point, and this is not to be a Sox apologist, but you, you start with a 11 games in 11 days on the road way out west. That's a little Daniel in the lion's den right there. And, you know, they've never done well on that west coast road trip. They start with that west coast road trip. They don't look like themselves yet. That is true. But, yeah, I like the Philly prediction right now because if they get any pitching whatsoever, I think they're going to be really, really good. So, John, I got to ask you, did did you like it? I mean, we're going to do this again, so I hope you had fun. It was awesome. I I never thought I'd be on a show with all these Northwestern people. I hope we're not that exclusive and we'll allow U U of I people and some other schools to be on, though. We we cheesed off like 99% of our listenership by talking so much Northwestern. (laughs) I know. We'll we'll, we'll try to stop that next week. All right. That's our solemn promise to you. For John Heyman, Josh Lewin, thanks so much to our guests, Bob Nightingale and Joe Girardi. Do keep downloading, subscribe, check us out, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We don't care who you tell. Just let people know that we exist. Presented by Radio.com Sports. This is called Big Time Baseball. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Josh Lewin and John Heyman will be back next week diving into the latest across Major League Baseball. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.